Their jerseys may not hang in the rafters in Staples Center, but they hang in our hearts. You're listening to the Forgotten Lakers podcast. Hi, Joe. This is Jeff. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing tonight? Good. Doing good. Cool. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Great. Um, So I know I told you a little bit over email about the podcast. Uh, It's basically centered around former Los Angeles Lakers players that people may not necessarily remember for their Lakers stint. Uh, That would be me. (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. I mean, obviously you had a lengthy NBA. I fit that. I fit that demographic. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Is this the first time that you've been, uh, you know, doing something based based around your eight-game Lakers stint? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, I think – so I've done about 40 episodes with former Lakers, you know, from people who played with as many as one game to people who have played, you know, six, seven, eight years – Lots of guys from the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. I think maybe the only teammate that I did an episode with from your stint would be Travis Knight. Oh, yeah, Travis. Yeah, UConn guy. Yeah, 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 UConn guy. Yeah, I think he – so that was the – yeah, 97 Lakers was your year there. Yeah. Gosh, that might be the only one from – yeah. Um, yeah, but it's been a lot of fun just getting to talk to these guys, talk about their history with basketball, their time in Los Angeles, and what they're doing now. And I uh, post the episodes online and, uh, you know, Laker fans all over the world are shooting me messages saying like, oh, I remember him. Like, this brings me back to my childhood. And then uh, yeah. just hearing about stories about their careers, time as a Laker and um, getting to share that. It's been a lot of fun. Yep. Cool. Yeah. yeah so what, what's. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as a lifelong Laker fan, it's been a lot of fun for me as well. And um, just something just to kind of keep those memories alive and oh, get, yeah. more into, get more into Laker history and uh, things like that. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, so uh, what's keeping you busy these days? Oh, man. Uh, I got uh, two restaurants uh, and then uh, a volunteer coach, uh, high school basketball, and I've got two grandkids. <laughs> so oh, I, mean, wow. I got, I got all I, all I need. <laughs> Oh yeah, sounds like I got it. all 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 I need. It's, yeah, I stay I stay pretty busy. Cool, cool, good for you. So one of the first questions I typically like to start out with is, uh, you know, how did you get into basketball, and when did it go from like this is something fun to do with friends to I have a real future in this thing? Well, I mean, you know, back back in the day, uh, you know, I remember. When I, when I was growing up, I mean, pro ball wasn't, I don't, I mean, I watched the pros. Uh, I, I remember watching, uh, you know, because I loved basketball growing up uh, in a small town, Slater, Missouri. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I vividly remember the tape delayed uh, NBA finals and all those things because I would was trying to watch those games. And so, yeah. uh, and, and, uh, but I was just a basketball fan and I loved basketball and, um, you know, I got to where I was good at it and just, but as far as I remember, you know, going to college and having success, but i never really, I never really thought about, you know, the making money at it, uh, going pro, uh, until I was on the Olympic team. And then yeah. that, that summer, 
a lot of guys that were on the team with us in training camp in Bloomington, Indiana, Michael, Sam Perkins, uh, I think Alvin Robertson, Leon Wood, Vern Swimming, a lot of the guys that were already on the team uh, got drafted. And so, you know, you were kind of there when they got drafted, so you were kind of a part of it, even though you really weren't a part of it. And so it just, you know, you, you kind of experienced it you know, I can't remember if if we were practicing when they got drafted or uh, we were off, but, you know, we had been around those guys all the time. And um, so, you know, people would talk about the draft. And so it kind of mm-hmm. kind of started looking around and going, well, you know, if they're getting drafted, well, you know, I may, I may get drafted. And so yeah. that's kind of when you – that's kind of when it kind of first kind of – kind of thought about, you know, the possibility of making a living playing basketball. But, you know, it's so much different now. I mean, you know, kids are, you know, in high school thinking about making a living playing basketball in the pros. And Mm -hmm. that certainly wasn't the case back then. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, So, yeah, like you said, you end up getting drafted by the Kings, uh, spent your first four years there three, three and a half uh, years and yeah. Half, yeah yeah three and a half years there uh so what was something that completely surprised you either with sacramento or the nba that you weren't expecting like uh just as a you know rookie in your first few years coming in what surprised you well i think you know you can't uh you can't imagine the, the number of games i mean you just mm. the number of games is uh I think that's the first thing that gets you is like, you know, man, we're playing another game tonight. I mean, yeah. and, and, and I mean, you know, you'd have four games and five nights and things like that. And then back then you flew commercial. So oh, the yeah. travel was, the travel was, especially out of Sacramento was much, much more difficult. And, um, you know, that, that's the thing that I think was to me, the first is just the amount of games, you know, this, the games are, you know, coming at you, you go from, you know, 25 to 30 games to 82 games and, mm-hmm. and, and the games are just coming at you one after another, a lot of times. And it, and it, it, it I think that was probably the initial thing that kind of, I liked it. I mean, cause everybody likes playing games more than practicing all the time. Yeah. But, it still was with with the travel that was kind of uh you know and, the, and again the travel was more difficult because you were flying commercial and you weren't flying out of Dallas or New York i mean you know Sacramento pretty much you were you know everywhere you went you were getting a connection <laughs> you know oh and gosh so, yeah i didn't even think about the layovers and connections uh, and things like that yeah so I mean, that, that, that's pretty much uh, the thing I, I, I realized, you know, that kind of hit me first. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so like we were saying, you had three and a half years there before you moved on to Boston, uh, about four and a half years there. That was, you know, a few years after the Lakers-Celtics rivalry of the 80s, given that this is a Lakers podcast. Uh, did you, in your years in Boston, um, like a, I know it was past those years of meeting in the finals all the time, 
But did, right. did you get a sense of the uh, Lakers-Celtics rivalry just through the regular season games back then? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was still – I mean, it was still special. I mean, it wasn't um, it wasn't what it was mm-hmm. by any means, but you know, because the the injury, you know, just the the guys were getting older. That that were Magic and Kareem and uh, Larry and Kevin and Robert. Just you know, I mean, it was just it was there was kind of a changing of the guard from the East and the West, and and so. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it was still, it was, it was still important, and it was still a rivalry, but it didn't have the uh, theater of the finals. So, I mean, it was still a, it was still a, a big game, and a game you wanted to win, and you could tell the fans were a little more pumped up uh, for that, for that. But again, it, it never, I never experienced the. Uh, you know, the, the craziness of the finals. Sure. Yeah. So you're there, you know, Larry Bird's last few years, the last few years as an NBA player. If anybody asks you for one Larry Bird story, what's the one that you usually go to? Uh, we played Portland. I think it was Portland. I'm almost sure it was Portland. He was struck. It was Portland. And he was struggling with his back. Uh, mm-hmm. And he wore this, basically plastic uh, mid-piece. I mean, it went all the way around his midsection. It went from his waist all the way up to just under his chest, and it was a hard plastic uh, uh, you want to say body cast, but I mean, it mm-hmm. was wrapped around him, and I watched him go out and get wear, wearing that uh I think get 46 or 48 and hit the game winner against uh, Portland. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and I mean, it's just kind of like, you know, you're kidding me. But yeah, I mean, he just, you know, had a tremendous game. I think he had 40 something points if I can remember, but I mean, <clears throat> and he hit, he hit a three pointer, uh, you know, uh, late in the game to seal it, I believe. And, you mm-hmm. know, he's doing all this in a, in a in a in a contraption around his midsection that was, you know, probably ninety if ninety five ninety percent of the players in the league had to wear something like that, they'd say, "Look, I'm not playing." <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so after Boston, you went to Phoenix. Uh, you know, several successful teams. A few years there, where they're definitely a contender. Was that the would you say that was the most fun you had in the NBA, those Suns teams? I think it was. I mean, because, uh, you know, Boston was great, but it was an aging team that seemed like we could never stay healthy. I mean, we I think my second year in the league, not my, in the league, my second year with Boston, we were really, really doing well. Uh, I don't – we were we – a top record in the East, if I if I recall correctly, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was in the top, but it was. We were in the we were we were going to be in the mix, and then you know Larry, we just had injury, you know Kevin's ankle and Larry's back, or you know, and it just you know it just you know, trying to beat the Bulls and the Cavaliers and the. Uh, Pistons, and you're not mm-hmm. 
100% full and, and ready to go, I mean, it, it's not going to happen. And so with, with Phoenix, we were a little more healthy, a little younger, a little, yeah. uh, our, 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 uh, core stars, Charles and so forth. Those Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley, those guys were more in the prime of their, of their careers. Uh, than uh, Boston, and so we, we, we were able to stay a little more healthy and, you know, be a little better of a of a playoff team. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so you're there, let me see. Yeah, again, about three and a half years before um, you get traded to the Lakers. Do you remember, like, what you were doing when you found out you were on your way to L.A.? I was picking my kids up. I just got done with practice. And I was I went to pick my young kids up at preschool uh, in oh, the early wow. afternoon, and I was uh, driving home when I got the call. Did it catch you off guard, or were you thinking that a trade was oh, coming? Yeah. No, no, no. I got it was totally off guard. I had heard nothing. I had no inclination uh, whatsoever. I mean, it it was it was straight out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah, so then you get to Los Angeles. Uh, you end up playing eight games there. Uh, you have teammates like Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant's rookie year. What were some of your impressions of just the Laker organization and those teammates? I know you were there, like you know, maybe not even a month, but uh, what did you think about the team at that stage? No, I mean, I thought. Uh, I mean, I thought I was very impressed with Shaquille's uh, work ethic and how he. Uh, related to his teammates. I mean, I thought mm-hmm. he was a good teammate. I mean, he was a good guy, uh, still is. Uh, now, Kobe was a rookie. You know, he was 18 years old, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. But again, and he wasn't uh, anything what he became to be, but he was a just a, a young rookie that got, you know, a few minutes here and a few minutes there. And But I never remember him pouting or – you know, competent attitude or, you know, I mean, he, he worked, I mean, he was always in the gym working, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, trying to get better and not, you know, never bitching or complaining about the coaching or anything like that. I mean, he, you know, I was always, I was impressed with that from a young player, you know, you, you know, you didn't see that a lot then. You don't see a lot of that now. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, he, um, he wanted to play more. I'm sure he felt he, <clears throat> he should play more. Uh, but when he didn't play, he didn't, he wasn't a distraction or a problem. Right. I mean, he, you know, he was, you could see he was going to be, nobody knew he was going to be what he was, was, was going to be, but you could tell by his attitude and his work ethic and, and he had talent could definitely mm-hmm. see that um, that he was going to be around a, a while, you know. Right. Not, I mean, nobody, anybody who says that they thought he was going to become what he became is they're, they're lying to you because nobody <laughs> could see that. I mean, nobody. Yeah. Nobody saw what Michael. I mean, when I was on the '84 team, we all thought Michael was going to be a, a hell of a NBA player. Nobody thought he was going to be what he became, and so I think it's the same with Kobe. Mm. Um, so when you good. sure, 
when you get there to Los Angeles, did they? I mean, I don't know if you if if it was even in their plans then to you know trade you again about a month later to New Jersey. But did you think you were going to finish out the year there, or did they no, let you know no. that oh, we're going to try and move you? I, I was I was thrown into that deal uh, for salary cap reasons, so they could get Robert Horry. I mean, that, oh yeah, that that's the only reason. I mean. They they didn't covet me or want me. I mean, they okay. my my salary slot was uh, put in there uh, so that the deal would work uh, to get you know to be able to trade for Cedric Sabalas. So mm-hmm. I mean, I I was under the impression and had been told. I don't think they told me directly, but I was anticipating being waived uh, at the trading deadline, and then mm. uh, and and I think. The Phoenix people had told me we're gonna, we want you to come back. We want you on our team, and so we're gonna, once they waive you, we'll, we'll pick you up. And then, um, you know, to my surprise, they traded me for George McLeod to uh, yeah. to New Jersey. Uh. Don Casey, Don Casey was on the net staff, and I had been with Don Casey in Boston, and we were friends. And, I'm sure Don Casey was. They had a they had a pretty young team, and I mean I'm sure, and and a, and a young coach John Calipari his first year, and and you know Don knew that I you know I was a a, a you know a veteran and a and a hard worker and mm. you know a good a good locker room guy, and so sure, you know that could you know that could help here and there you know. Uh, and spot minutes, and so, you know, lo and behold, I go to New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a, that was a it's funny. Yeah, I bet. it's funny you mentioned um, George McLeod. That is one guy I've, like, you know, scoured the internet looking forward to trying to find an episode with. I just can't find a trace of him on social media or anywhere. <laughs> so I think he's just disappeared off the face of the earth, or maybe he's still yeah. raining threes in Europe somewhere or something. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so after New Jersey, you end up, you go to the Bulls, get a ring on the 98 Bulls, Jordan's last championship. And, uh, you know, if you YouTube yourself, one of the first videos that comes up <laughs> is uh, – you, you probably know what I'm going to mention, right? Yeah. Yeah, Taco, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, can't, I can't tell you, you know, mm-hmm. how many – I mean, it's just – I yeah, like you said, I mean, I, I hear more about that than anything, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it seemed like a you know such a fun atmosphere. I mean, I had a guy. Night. I had a guy. I had a guy text me one night, and he said, "You're not gonna believe this." And he goes, "What?" He goes, "He was in Chicago, and they were like talking about the top five memories in the in the United Center, and <laughs> yeah. you know, and me making the shots for tacos was like fifth. And I was like, "You are out of your mind. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's no way. I mean, that is a." He was like, I swear to God, it's, you know, top 10 or top five. And I was like, you know, people got to get a life. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, but I mean, they, you know, they, uh, yeah. No, oh, I know. I know exactly. I, trust me, I know, Jim. <laughs> oh, yeah. <okay. laughs> I mean, my kids, you know, they, you know, they text it and then they're, and they're, and then their buddies, 
Uh-huh. You know, they they see it. And, I mean, it's just and it's a great it's a great clip, and and I enjoyed it. And I mean, I'm not ashamed of it or anything. It's just no, yeah. It's just it's just funny. I just find it very funny. <laughs> Yeah, I did too. It just seems like you know the whole bench is cracking out the uh, cracking up yeah. the crowds really into it. It seems like it was a fun. Well, yeah, you know, we, we had a good team, and you know we, you know Kerr and Bushler and Wennington and Longley and Rodman, and you know we all got along. We all like to give each other crap, and mm-hmm. you know but I guarantee you, all of them were hoping that I miss those free throws. <laughs> That's oh, why. Man. That's why when I made them, I was I was I didn't really give a rat's ass about getting everybody in Chicago a taco. I was yeah. glad that you know those guys on the bench couldn't give me any crap for missing them. So you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, well, y'all went on to you know win the Bulls six championship of the nineties. So yeah, what an incredible season and team that was for sure. You end up going back to Phoenix and wrapping up your career in Portland uh, for the in the ninety nine two thousand season. And um, I know you weren't on the playoff roster, but were you? Did you attend all the games for the Lakers, oh, the yeah. Portland's no, playoff I, run? No, I was sitting right behind the head coach during the during the games. Yep. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, so then, yeah, you go to the. I had a I had a I had a front row seat to that game seven uh, debacle. <laughs> oh man, that's what I was going to ask about. Like, uh, you know, obviously Laker fans have fond memories of that night, but definitely not Blazers fans or uh, Blazers team members. So, uh, can you go into what the locker room was like after that game? After that game oh, seven? De- oh, devastated. I mean, we dominated them for three. Well, right at the end of the third quarter, I, I think Brian Shaw, a couple guys made some shots. To mm-hmm. cut into the lead, but we we had a double digit lead most of the game. I mean, yep. we had the game in control, and then right, at, I know Brian Shaw made a long three, uh, and then somebody else did something that kind of made things very, you know, just kind of shifted the Brian, momentum a little bit. Brian Shaw wasn't a three point shooter, so mm-hmm. that you know that kind of just you know you didn't like that, and then. You know, we had a, we had a, you know, I don't, I can't remember if the Lakers had Horace Grant or who they had, but they were trying to guard uh, Rasheed Wallace in the low block Mm -hmm. uh, without any, without any help. And we kept running a little cross screen action for him. And, you know, he was getting the ball right at his spot, at his sweet spot, getting the shot at his little turnaround baseline jumper. Yeah. Which I'd seen him. And he just he couldn't get it going. You know, he mm-hmm. missed four or five in a row that were had nothing. You know, he just missed them. They were they were not, and you know, had nothing to do with what the Lakers were doing. I mean, the Lakers didn't have an answer for that, but you know, he missed the shots, and so that you know that, and then you know, you're at home, game seven, the crowd, and things start rolling. You know, momentum and. You know, next thing you know, season's over. Yeah, man. Um, gosh, can't believe that's this year will be that will have been twenty years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but you're saying the locker room was just devastated or devastating. Well, I, mean, yeah. uh, I mean, it was like you know, it's always devastated when you feel like you're the better team and you blew mm-hmm. it. And you know that that's kind of what what the locker room felt like. I mean, 
it, it was like we blew it. We had it, and we blew it. Mm. Um, when that season ended, were you planning on retiring, or were you going to try and come back for yeah, another year? No, I mean, I, I was, you know, I was done. I mean, I, I mean, I couldn't, you know, I, I just it was a young man's game, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I was, you know, I was thirty-eight, almost thirty-nine, and uh, just. It just, you know, I was, I had, I had offers to play and, yeah. uh, but I just, you know, I, and, and plus I had the last three or four years as we've talked about of my career, I was in New Jersey and LA and Chicago and back to Phoenix and then mm-hmm. Portland and I had young kids and, oh, and yeah. I, I, I'd got 15 years in the league and I mean, which was, you know, 14 and a half more than I ever thought I would get or deserved. (laughs) 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 But, uh, you know, I just knew I was very fortunate and, you know, it was just time. It was, it was time to move on and, uh, you know, just set up some roots and get on with life. The real world. (laughs) Get on, get on, get on with life in in the real world, you know, (laughs) you know, Sure. How uh, how soon after that did you decide to get into the restaurant business? Well, I'd already started it. I had a, a partner of mine. We started at '96 when I was. Oh, okay. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, um, and he was he had done restaurants, and his his wife uh, introduced me to my wife in college, and then and then he then they got he met he met him, and then I got to know him and. He had had some restaurants uh, that were successful that got bought out by corporate, and so he made a little money. And then he approached me with, you know, doing Corky's at a, a franchise out of Memphis, a barbecue place. And you know, I didn't, I didn't jump at it because uh, it was Corky's. I jumped at it because I knew my partner was was solid. You know, I had, yeah. I knew I had a, I knew I, I knew I had a good, I knew I had a good teammate, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was a no-brainer. Cool. Yeah, well, I wish you the best of luck with everything with Corky's and coaching and everything else you got going on with your family. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time to discuss your career uh, and your time as a Laker. Well, it's my pleasure. And uh, like I said, you, you're you're the first one that's ever done this interview with me about the my, my stellar uh, Laker career. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was eight games. I, I, uh, yeah. Hell, I forget I was a Laker. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, was, it was that it was that short lived, but you know I enjoyed it. Jerry West and all those guys were uh, they were they were really uh, professional and good and mm-hmm. uh, upfront with me. And you know I, I enjoyed it. I mean it was a it was a very very fond memory. Cool. Well, that's great to hear. Yeah, well, thank you again for taking the time to do this, your eight-game stint as a Laker. And, uh, you know, Laker fans, they remember everybody. So I have an uh, Instagram account about this podcast, and I posted I was talking to you. And then they're like, oh, I remember Joe. I remember Joe. So people remember your stint in L.A. All right. Well, that's impressive. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I appreciate it, Jeff, and thanks for for letting letting me talk with you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Again, thanks again. Have a good one. You bet. Have a good evening. Thank you.